The SportsZilla Show starts now. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Atlanta Braves, tonight one will punch their ticket to the National League Championship Series. Marcelo Zuna, nobody's been hotter this postseason than Ozuna. Wing and a line drive is a base hit in the right field, and the Cardinals take the lead. It's 1 0. One run in, two runs in, a big uh, two run double by uh, Tommy Edmond. And that'll be it for Mike Fultonevich. And Colton Wong makes it 9 to nothing. The Redbirds on a rampage here in the first inning. It is 10 to nothing, St. Louis, in the first inning. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I wake up a couple hours later. Kershaw has imploded. Grand Slam, 7-3. The picture of him on the bench afterwards dejected is like a meme now. It's it's a thing all over the internet. You're seeing that. This is how I feel every morning. Like, I've seen stuff like that, and it's a picture of Kershaw sitting on the bench afterwards going, wow, totally shell-shocked. I'm seeing the meme now. It's the Kardashians and Dodgers jerseys, and it says the curse continues. Oh, there's got to be something like that. It's got to be. I I don't know what it is. It's. I just feel terrible for them. They can't. They've lost two World Series, and then, you know, it's it's a letdown of a season. This is not where they expect it to be. I mean, look at what they did in the regular season. You're figuring they're going to get there. It's just, it's a terrible, terrible time to be a Dodgers fan. Nats finally win a series. You know, one game had all the drama, and the other game is over, like, in the first inning. It's like, are you kidding me? And how about they did it without Bryce Harper, who signs the $330 million deal, and the Philadelphia Phillies, who he signed with, fired Gabe Kapler today, their manager. And the Phillies is who we all thought would be here right now, and they are not. It's unbelievable. But what what do you what do you say to the to the Braves fans though on the flip side of this? I, I'm well. It what, sucks to be you. Well, one of the things they love to do in Atlanta is leave early, and they certainly you know they can leave, they they don't have to after the first inning they can go to the refrigerator get a beer you know and not really worry about it because it was out of control fast and it was done early. You talk about them being down ten nothing in the first inning. You also forget. That it was thirteen to nothing before they actually scored a run and came back. It was over before it started. You knew, like you always say, you got to you got to chip away. You know, teams get down by a lot early, and it's it's the beginning of the game, and you just maybe you try to get a run or two every inning and just keep chipping away and chipping away. But you knew when you saw that score, you were like, it's over. They they have no chance. It's how are you a member of that team sitting in the dugout? And does anybody say to somebody else? Anything that's going to change the mindset of we're done, we're toast. Once bread becomes toast, it can never go back to being bread again. This is no longer a functioning baseball team that could win today. Pedro Gomez, ESPN, with the tweet that sort of summarizes the Cardinals' first inning, the top of the first, top of the first. Walk, sack, bunt, single, single, E3, walk, double, intentional walk, walk, double, double, fly out, strike out, and reached on a wild pitch, grounded a third, 14 batters, 10 to nothing lead. But the consolation to all this scoop is that the World Series will be no further west than Houston, which is obviously pending the outcome of tonight. Scoop and rain on the SportsZilla Show. Good afternoon, everybody. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. You know, we're going to have to resign ourselves to the fact that at some point we'll open up the phone lines. We've had some guests on. Maybe we'll take a call here or there. But we just compile too much information to get to a phone call. 
Oh, maybe one of these days. What do you think? Well, we want to know who the Yankees are going to play. They're sitting back, watching this all unfold. The Astros sending Garrett Cole to the mound tonight. Guy hasn't lost a game in like five months. And another stat, uh, what is it? Houston's won his last 14 starts. Guy hasn't lost a game since May 22nd. I suppose the same thing could be said if you're a Yankees fan when it comes to James Paxton, who they call Big Maple. He went on a nice string of wins, but there's something about Garrett Cole right now. Uh, he's also in a contract year. You wonder if he's hyper-focused because of that, too. Contract years are a thing. Certain guys choke in a contract year. Certain guys do not. Garrett Cole might be the one of the of the three aces that they have on the Houston Astros that comes through because clearly on short rest, Verlander was not up to the task and Zach Grinke did not perform well. Is it is it the big, the, the juggernaut Houston Astros, or is it the lowly Tampa Rays who you discount them all the time, but here they are. Is this an upset? Does it happen? We, we've, we have not seen the outcomes in the other series so far, with the exception of the Yankees series. I kind of expected that, wishful thinking, and it happened. But we haven't seen what we expected to happen. How great is this game going to be? Compare and contrast. Yeah, let's go. The Astros are four and four in winner take all playoff games, with their most recent being a win in game seven of the 2017 World Series. The Rays, this will be their second winner take all game this postseason, sixth in franchise history. They've won four elimination games in a row. Yeah, they have a, a magic touch. There's something about the Tampa Rays that's magical. I don't know if it's because they live where they live and they get to see dolphins on the beach before they go to the ballpark. Maybe there's something magical about that, but they seem to have a knack for doing that. And it, it's, it, there's, it's a, when you're, your backs are against the wall, when you're always the underdog, when you're a financially challenged team or organization, you've got to find ways to win. And if you don't have everybody in the locker room buying in collectively and supporting each other, which they clearly and obviously do, well, you're screwed from the start. So it's not the case. When they're all basically looking at that one goal ahead of them, it's just a focus on tonight and getting that win and everybody do your job. You never know what can happen. Teams that once trailed a series are O. Uh, excuse me. Teams that once trailed a series O and two and went down two games are ten and six in decisive game fives. Oh, that's an interesting stat. It's you just can't. I feel. I think that I need to just be John Sterling for the rest of this. You keep giving us some information. I won't be Susan Waldman. I'll be John Sterling. You just keep going with the compare and contrast. Everything that you tell me, it's kind of like Joey Bosa the past, Nick Bosa. The, yeah, Joey and Nick. I'm just going to say, not here. the Jonas brothers, the Bosas. I'm going to sit here for the rest of the segment, Scoop, and I'm just going to go, that's baseball, Susan. All right. Houston has homered in a franchise record 29 consecutive games. Oh, that's baseball, Susan. You can't predict baseball. Was that good? That was pretty good. Okay. I like it. Keep I, I got to get a little deeper. Go ahead. Garrett Cole has struck out at least 10 batters in 10 consecutive starts. I need to come up with a show tune because uh, he sings show tunes on the air all the time. But did you know that Garrett Cole was one time a Yankees prospect? Maybe they'll try to sign him in free agency. That's baseball, Susan. Cole has also had at least 14 punch outs in five of those last 10 starts. 
The dude is good. He's on fire. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how you bet against Houston today. I don't know how you do either. Uh, they're not playing the Yankees. You know, I'll tell you one thing. But that's baseball, Susan. That's baseball, Susan. You know what Susan would say? <laughs> you know, they wouldn't have a chance if Derek Jeter was still on the team. But that's that's a whole other subject. <laughs> Derek Jeter can write the Lord's Prayer on the head of a pin. Since we've, we've, we've swung the conversation this way, I, I want to I swing it back around to the Braves, though, because... I don't know if the jinx and the curse, and I don't know if the karma was bad, and that's how they got off to this, well, 10 nothing, which became 13 nothing. Is it the whole, the issue with the tomahawk chop? Because you heard what Cardinals released. That's his bad karma. It's got to hurt him. It, it is. It's just like the Washington Redskins. It's, it's, you've got to be aware of, of the, the public consciousness in 2019 with the Me Too movement and just, it's the way it is. Whether you like it or not or you agree with it, it's the way of the world. It's the, it's the way America is right now. And many people find it offensive. And you might not think so, but to others it is. And we have to have a little bit of empathy and compassion for other people. So Ryan, Ryan Helsley, uh, St. Louis Cardinals relief pitcher, his grandfather's full-blooded Cherokee. And he called it disappointing and disrespectful. And he added, and I quote, it depicts them in this kind of caveman-type people and, and a way of people that aren't intellectual, and it devalues us to be used as mascots. Well, hopefully, you know, we evolve as a people, but let's not forget, this is the same franchise back in the day that had Chief Nakahoma in a teepee out in the outfield, and every time there'd be a home run, he'd run out and do like a, a lap around his teepee. Chief Nakahoma. That was a thing. You know, you got to give the Washington, they used to be the Washington Bullets. Now they're the Washington Wizards in the NBA. Smart enough to realize guns and shootings are a problem. Indians have taken Chief Wahoo off the uniform. So they paid attention to the public. They realized, you know, what's the big deal? We're the Wizards now. We're not the Bullets. They went away from that. No harm, no foul. People don't even, you don't even think about that unless you think about that. Unless you force yourself to go, wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. That was a thing. It's not anymore. Let me just follow this up with the Braves. Out of respect for Ryan Helsley and his comments, they said that they would make several changes yesterday during the game. Uh, They were not distributing the foam tomahawks to each seat, said they're not playing the accompanying music or using a chop-related graphic when he is in the game. That that was their response. I... Basically, the plan is to use the tomahawk chant, I guess, when a Native American is not pitching. I, I don't know, but I guess they've got to do better. And if they don't, it appears this is the type of thing that's going to happen to them. As you said, Pedro Gomez pointed it out in the first inning, trying to get to the American League Championship Series. Then you're going to be faced with, should we do it again? Walk, sack, bunt, single, single, air, walk, double, Man. intentional walk, walk, double, double, fly out, strike out, reached on a wild pitch, grounded a third, 14 batters, and a 10 nothing lead. That's baseball, Susan. Yeah, that uh, went south in a hurry. Went dirty south if in you, a hurry. If you're on the St. Louis Cardinals or a fan, and, and that's one of the best franchises in baseball with a great fan base. They love their baseball. They love their Cardinals. Boy, that's that's a great thing. But for the rest of the baseball fans, I certainly hope you don't see that tonight. You don't really want to because you're out. You want people to watch the game. You want people to be invested in the game. I want to see a really good game. And what a great sports night we've got. We've got Rays Astros. We've got Eshu and the Wolfpack and Raleigh. And we've got Giants Patriots. Oh, no, we're going to go heavy and hard on football. We're going to go college. We're going to go NFL. 
I'm going to try to work in Godeldo somehow, and we'll talk about... He's always a Godeldo to me. The commissioner, yeah. We've got Corey Conacher to discuss in a few minutes, talking about the Syracuse Crunch. I love Corey Conacher's backstory. And then we've got a few more thoughts on Bayheim, SU Basketball, and Dungy. XFL. You see his tweet this morning? Yeah, how about that? If you didn't, we're going to talk about all that. Let's take our first break of the Sportzilla show. I'm Rain. That's Scoop. This is ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Sportzilla show. ESPN Radio Syracuse. Listen in. A bit later, the Romano Subaru pregame show. Seth Goldberg and Brent Axe getting you ready for the Orange versus the Wolfpack. They're going to share with you the experts, all of them who weighed in on ESPN Syracuse during the week, including Eric Dungy and head coach Dino Babers. Dino Babers said, I think this is a really pivotal swing game for both programs during his Monday press conference. I think it's going to be a highly contested football game. The Cuse are without, well, key players, uh, a few players, but a couple of the key players, Andre Sisco and McKinley Williams. So that's depletion a little bit on the roster. A couple of guys that you're depending on. The same thing is happening, including that quarterback change that we discussed yesterday for NC State. Uh, the limited vertical attack of Matt, Matt McKay has been replaced by Bally Hawkman. Also, Tommy DeVito, we don't know the severity of his injury, but if he is okay, well, they've got a few issues in their secondary, so that might be something that they can key on. Obviously, we want improvements on the offensive line scoop. Well, related to that, mm-hmm. I think the two things to watch tonight are the NC State D-line versus the Orange O-line. Yeah, key matchup. Tommy DeVito, how is he? He's got an opportunity versus that Wolfpack secondary with you know the depleted re- reserves they have there. I mean, they've lost uh, two guys at that one position, so... Could be a big night for the wide receivers and the tight ends. I think he can go to the tight end more often. I think that's there for him. That was a question that I had asked uh, last week when we talked to Mike McAllister, 247 Sports. And I, and I said, "Is does this mean, obviously we've, we've got capable, we got capable running back with Mo and we've got capable receivers, obviously. But is this something that maybe we'll look to do a little more often, a little bit more tight end reliance since we've got those options? I mean, clearly, look at the number of touchdowns we, that he has thrown to the tight ends recently. Is that something that he goes, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be tight end heavy, but it certainly is nice to have that, that safety net, that security blanket of knowing that those two options are there and they've proven successful. After the bye week, of course, and the two wins prior, it is Quite simply, as Dino said, a measuring stick game tonight. Prime time, 8 o'clock, ESPN, nationally televised in all orange. A showcase game for Dino in this program. And you just hope that everything goes in our favor, Scoop. Yeah, they're pretty good in these games. I think they're 15 of 18 on these uh, big showcase games on the weeknights. I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we, the O-line. We talk about the orange O-line, and Carlos Vettorello uh, w- was talking about you know, what they're trying to do. And it, it sounds like they're just still gelling, like they're still learning some things. They're learning assignments. A quote from him that I liked is just playing with that nasty demeanor and stuff. I feel like we haven't really fo- uh, fully, fully shown that yet. Excuse me. Uh, but he also goes on to say, first, I think you need to know what you're doing. You can always go out there and play aggressively. But if you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to help anything. So it sounds to me like they're out there thinking rather than it's a part of the muscle memory. You know, they're, they're still learning. They're not entirely comfortable yet. 
that's a growth curve that we're dealing with on this Orange offensive line. This is a key matchup. This is a key game for the team as they transition into the rest of the season. And I just wonder, because he's so known for it, what's the pregame speech going to be like from Dino? Or what would it be like if they win? Just, I mean, fingers crossed that that happens. That might be an epic one tonight because you really set the tone for the rest of the season. But I would love to be, what's the old saying, a fly on the wall in that locker room. Somebody's obviously going to have a fly in the wall in the sense of there be cameras and phones and whatnot recording. But I would love to hear what Dino says to this team. Or does he just walk in there with his arms crossed and look at him? You know what you need to do. Just go out and play football, hard football, have fun. And, and what, if anything, does he need to say at halftime? Yeah, it depends. Maybe he doesn't need to say anything. Maybe he feels he's already communicated his message. Guys know what they need to do. Probably a, a quick little message before the game. But if there's a win, we'll get one of those really good speeches. I can almost guarantee it. NC State, by the way, has given up the second fewest points in the ACC so far this season. I think some of these stats are going to budge one way or the other. We're going to see maybe a little change yeah, with regarding to the trends, don't they always kind of kind of venture back to the average to the mean? And, and it's it's why this is pivotal for SU. We got a nice four game stretch here. It's very important. It's going to determine really what this team is, who they are. Well, that's what, exactly what. That's another thing that Dino said. That's exactly what he said with the bye week leading into this game. You find out exactly who you are. Not only as it's been discussed ad nauseum. Yeah, you got to get healthy and things like that, specifically concerning DeVito. But you find out who you are. As you said, he's, I'm sure, taken time to address all of these things with the team collectively, some individual players on either side of the ball, whether it be defensively, whether it be offensively, special teams, whatever it is. He's got them all focused on what they need to. They've done their scouting reports. They've got their game plan. But we're still left with the concerns. Tommy DeVito. And I don't think he's putting him out there if he's physically not able to play. But how does it affect the throwing motion? That's another concern that we've we've discussed and we've heard everybody else that covers Syracuse football discuss. His ability to run out of the pocket. How does it affect his throwing motion in that sense? There's What if he gets hit? Does he re-injure himself? Is he still susceptible? Because we don't know if he's 100% healthy. At this point in the season with the bumps and bruises, even with a bye week, you still you still are. You're still feeling it somewhere, some way, somehow. Some player is. They're they're aching. They pulled something. They tweaked something. They got a little bruise that they're nursing. And, and then you violently get hit. Play after play after play after play. These are all valid concerns. I think about midnight, too, as well. We're going to know a little bit more about what Dino alluded to on Monday. You know, the, the things that we do that maybe we're better at than we think we are and the things that we do that maybe we're not as good at that we think we're better than we really are. You know, that question, those questions will be answered to some degree tonight, I believe. All right, well, we're going to split the difference here on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and rain. Let's go from college to the pros because there is a Big Cuse game you might have heard about tonight against NC State at 8 o'clock. But there is also Thursday night football, TNF, the NFL. The Patriots, they're 5-0. and The Giants, they're 2-3. and and uh, Soon to be 2-4. and four. Hopefully uh, they are not. Maybe they're back to 500. 
Like this could be like this could be like the first inning of the the Cardinals Braves game. I'm trying first to... quarter. Brady throws for three touchdowns. Oh, come on, I'm trying to be have a positive attitude about this. I I you don't want to make excuses, but you're without Saquon Barkley, without Wayne Gallman. But Sterling, I'm going to make excuses. Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram. No, that's actually the players that are listed out on the injury report. Nobody's doubtful, questionable. Lorenzo Carter, the linebacker with a neck issue. Uh, That's for the Giants. Let's see. I'm surprised we know with the Patriots because Belichick never says anything. But Philip Dorsett's out with a hamstring. Nobody's doubtful. And then there's a whole bunch of players that are questionable. They're all Patriots, so who really cares? No, questionable Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon. Those are keys. Patrick Chung, that's that's key. Rex Burkhead. Uh, Shalik Calhoun is another one. I think Nate Ebner's got a groin issue. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's Belichick. He keeps everything close to vest and doesn't tell us anything. And Tom Brady is 75 now and still performing. He's going to have, after a couple of down weeks for Tom Brady, probably his best game of the season because it's against the Giants. Scoop. Well, that Patriots D. I mean, the over-under on Danny Dimes' interceptions, I'm saying three. I was going to say something else because you said, you know what you said. I want to give you something, though. Tom Brady, 212 wins, 71,923 yards, 527 touchdowns collectively in his career. Daniel Jones has two wins, 760 yards, four touchdowns. Greatest quarterback in New York Giants history. With a horrible nickname of Danny Dimes. According to the New York Post. I, don't get me started on Danny Dimes. I know you guys are going to try to do it again. But let me give you the gap on their career. Oh, that game last week against the Vikings. Just, just a little bump in the road. Yeah, you know what? What was the letter you just said a few minutes ago? Stop being one. The gap of 200, the gap, and I just said the gap. We're talking about that and that. Okay. Mind the gap. 210 wins, 71,163 yards, 523 touchdowns. That's the largest gap by opposing starting quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah, I'm thinking about Cardinals Braves again. Are you? I, I'm, I'm thinking this will be the least entertaining sports event tonight. Do you think, I mean, the Giants are serious underdogs on, on this. Do, do the Patriots just wipe the field with them? Uh, Alex Tanney was released. Not that that matters. I don't care game. about the Giants' history and some of those games in the past. I don't think any of that history helps them tonight. I just think it's looking bad. The Patriots' D is good. They, yeah, that's, what, that's what she said. Austin Walter, <laughs> a running back, was also promoted from the practice squad for the Giants. You're not giving me anything on this. You're not even giving me false hope that there's a chance. You're not even saying there's Look, a chance. I'm giving you the opportunity to post your cute little dancing bit emojis later to t- tonight. If there's even remotely one little shred of success for your New York football giants. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post the one where, where it's holding the cup of coffee like, all right, got the win. I will talk a lot of smack to our producer, Matt. Who See, now, you just jinxed it. Is a giant. I, I lured you into the trap. There's, snared you. There's no trap. There's no trap. I'm not predicting a win. I have realistic expectations. I said, if, if, a big if, the Giants are able to win. You're getting the D tonight. The Patriots D, and it's going to hurt. It is pretty good. You know, the, Buff- <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have a good And I said it that too. way on purpose. And they almost beat them. I don't think that the Giants will have even as close of an outcome against the Patriots as the Bills did because their defense is significantly better. I do think even without Saquon 
and well, their number one receiver, uh, excuse me, Sterling Shepard, uh, and their number one tight end, <laughs> Ingram. They don't have any. You're right. Yeah, they're screwed. They don't have any offensive options, really. Nate Solder's been crap on the offensive line. Yeah, I'm nervous. Okay, fine. I don't expect the Giants to win today. I've admitted it. I'm not going to go off. I'm not going where you think I'm going to go, man. I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to be realistic about it, Scoop. Danny Dimes might be walking funny tomorrow. Let's talk about Corey Conacher next and Crunch Hockey. Corey Conacher is one of my favorite players on the Crunch. Scoop, also big fan. We've got something very cool that's been out on Syracuse or was put out on Syracuse.com that we want to tell you about. It's pretty fascinating what they did. He has one hell of a backstory. That's what's coming up next on the SportsZilla Show. Hold on. Before I close out for our our producer in the studio to hit the break, Seth Everett and James Mungro, they're going to take your calls about the uh, SUNC State game that's immediately following the Giants game. Loss. Later on tonight. That's the Burdick Toyota post-game show. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We're lined up for the break. This is the SportsZilla Show. Corey Conacher scored a goal in the Crunch's season opener against Rochester. He does that quite a bit. I think it was the first goal of the season for the team. Corey Conacher is about five foot eight. He's actually just a tiny bit shorter than I am. Obviously, in far better shape. Uh, he he can skate. He's he's really good at hockey. He's had some games in the NHL. He has also won himself a Calder Cup. He's a champion, but not just in hockey, but in life. Also, Corey Conacher has probably been to Destiny USA. He's a new father. He's married. His wife's name is Shannon. And I'm sure he's at least seen World of Beer. He's walked around and just thought, all right, well, Corey Conacher's been there. Maybe we're all going to go there. Let's talk about that. Shameless plug before I explain why we're talking about Corey Conacher a little bit more. Saturday, October 26th, in the canyon at Destiny USA, the Hollow Hops Brewfest, a Brewfest with a Halloween twist. Yes, lots of craft beer. Over 100 of them that you can try out. Some 50 breweries there. But there's a costume contest. I believe there's a top prize of a $250 Destiny USA gift card. Uh, I don't think that's the only one. Halloween movies, live actors from Frightmare Farms and Museum of Intrigue. Get your tickets. Two sessions of the Brewfest. Hollowhops.com. Maybe you're a Corey Conacher and a Crunch fan, and you happen to be somebody that has a Conacher jersey. You go as Zombie Corey Conacher. There you go. That's something to do. Sample yourself a beer. I'm sure after certain victories, they've maybe enjoyed a beverage. Maybe Corey's been part of that. It's been He's been very successful with the Crunch. On uh, October 26th, there is a game with Rochester. There is. So you go as zombie Corey Conacher to Destiny USA, and then you go over to the game. It's not too far away. Corey Maybe Con- with a $250 gift card in your pocket. The fact that we're discussing Corey Conacher and him having a professional hockey career, currently obviously playing for the Crunch, it's pretty amazing with what he goes through. He's type 1 diabetic. I remember interviewing him when he was a member of the Utica Comets, and they went on a Calder Cup run and ended up losing to Manchester in the finals. And he was actually born with an organ. I, I I think it might have been part of the intestine or the stomach. I'm not 100% sure. I forget that. You know, I forgot that part of the story. But he, he had to have a surgery and have it put back into his body, basically. And he healed up. He says, no, I'm, obviously I don't remember it, and, and I'm fine now. But the diabetes that he was diagnosed with when he was eight years old 
uh, dominates his life. I mean, there's times he, he's basically hooked up to something that, that insulin pump. Yeah, that that checks his, the sugar level, his his insulin levels in his body. And it, do I need more sugar? Less? Sugar? I mean, you know how it, it's it's a crazy disease to live with. It affects more people than you think. And to be as successful as he is, and to go out to schools or talk to people in the community that have diabetes and you know, share how he copes with it and deals with it as a professional athlete. It's a remarkable story. He He's small in stature, but he plays like he's 6'4", and he attacks life like that, too. It, it's amazing the career that he's had and, and to be as good as he is. And there's a documentary and a film about his life, and it's been up on Syracuse.com. Scoop and I, big hockey fans, we wanted to talk about this. Uh, 30 minutes long, roughly, and it basically, they followed him around. They followed him around in Syracuse. They followed him around at the All-Star game because that's the level of player that he is. They followed him around when he was back at home in the offseason. He lives in the Toronto area. Of course, his he's a father now. They have their first child. Uh, Shannon, his wife, and him have their first child. That's Calum. That's their son. Had a child last year, so now he's a parent. They filmed it all over the uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, where the All-Star game was. And then they whittled all this down. To 30 minutes, a really amazing documentary about his life. Corey said he saw it a couple times, Scoop, and he can't believe what they did with all the footage to make this. And it's going to be debuted. It says it brings a tear to his eye. He's watched it a couple of times. It's called Miracle Baby, making its debut Saturday at the Syracuse International Film Festival at the Red House Arts Center. And it looks like a great film. And with all this focus on his diabetes... I guess think what could be done with this movie in the future. They're probably already thinking about this, but you know, like uh juvenile diabetes foundation, having a, a screening of the movie and raising some funds uh, for, for some of their charitable efforts and some of the research. I think there's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, definitely. And he said, that I'm not good at doing interviews like, or I'm not bad at doing interviews. Like he would be comfortable sitting down, and talking about these types of things, which he clearly has, he said, but as far as some of the scenes, they had to film a few things where he almost had to act and deliver certain dialogue for the producers of the movie. And he said, that was tough. He goes, I wasn't able to just focus on hockey. There were so many other things that kind of distracted him while the filming was happening because it tapped into his emotions about becoming a parent and having diabetes and dealing with his illness and, and things that, that, you know, I guess the obstacles in his life that he's had to get to where he is now. He's he's also uh, just a great teammate, beloved in the community, a fan favorite on the ice, a role model, a model citizen. That's what he's been described as. So the perfect subject, and it's no discredit to anybody else on the Crunch roster and the organization, just a perfect role model, though, to, to highlight, to showcase, to make this film about, to put out their scoop. Again, called Miracle Baby. And don't look now, but Corey Conacher is fifth in crunch franchise history for points. He's a great player. He really is. He's got a hell of a shot, too. Uh, you, I mean, that's the thing that stands out. But he he's not afraid to get dirty. He plays both ends of the ice. It's, it's He's just one of those guys, When you, if you're watching a game, and, and I've seen him play Dozens of times, he just stands out on the ice. He's feisty. He hustles. He's got a great shot. Whoever the crunch are playing, whatever team it is, trust me when I tell you, when they're game planning for their opponent, Corey Conacher is somebody that they have eyes on. 
that they are planning around. They expect him to be involved. He might not score, but he's going to be around the puck, and he's going to deliver numerous scoring opportunities. You focus on Corey Conacher when you're the opposing team playing against him, and he happens to also be on a, a very good team. This Tampa Bay runs a great organization from the top down. I can't go to the movie this weekend, so I'm hoping it's on Netflix soon or somewhere online. But Miracle Baby, just one of many films showing at the Syracuse International Film Festival at the Red House Arts Center. And I'll be watching online to, to see w- where it makes its debut if they get a deal with you know some web provider or another, Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Because I think people will watch it and be interested in it, especially people and families that have to deal with diabetes. So there you go. Might help you out. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll see hey, if you're dealing with diabetes. Probably give you a little encouragement and some inspiration. I can do this. I can do anything I want. If Corey Conacher can succeed at the highest level of his chosen profession or sport, well, you can do whatever you've got to do. I did want to definitely name drop Calvin Hudson Wang, who is the director producer of this documentary about Corey Conacher. So the Syracuse International Film Festival. On and they've Saturday. got another director listed on the Syracuse International Film Festival uh, website. So there's a number of people involved in this film. Stick taps to Corey Conacher for uh, giving us some nice uh, material to drop some content in your ears on the SportsZilla Show. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Cuse Basketball's next. This is the SportsZilla Show. It's rain and scoop. Rain, it is National Hug a Drummer Day. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. <laughs> Had a pretty good drummer in Syracuse Monday night with the Melvins. Dale Crover, dude brings the thunder. You know me, though, dude. Come on. I'm going to go hug Carter Beaufort of the Dave Matthews Band. You know you know, I'm going to do that. Guy's amazing. Danny Carey. Tool. Of Tool. Yeah, he's good, Ron too. Daler, Mastodon. But uh, who was it that just passed away with Cream? Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker just passed away. Talk about a hell of a drummer. Thank you very much. I... Like, I don't know the name Ginger Baker. It's also David Lee Roth's birthday. Who cares? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? What the drama with them? I'm done with them. Man, the body of work of music is one thing, but I'm done with their drama. I'm done. I'm sorry. It sounds like something's going on with Eddie. Like, maybe he's sick or something. These rumors that kind of hint at that, you know, and and David has always just been like the total showboat and still is. There's something. He's not all there mentally. I just don't care. I don't care about Van Halen anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, there I said it. Don't at me. I love their music, though. Don't get me wrong. It's just the drama. The Unchained, other. dude. Great song. I Like I said, I And love, the cradle will rock. I love their music. I do. I yeah, do. The, yeah, but the Alex and Eddie were just jerks to Michael Anthony. They cut him out of all the money. I don't know how much of that story you know. I do, but... It's like had, at the height of their popularity in 1984. They come to him, they're on tour, and they go, uh, we're cutting you out of the writing money, and if you want to stay in the band... You just got to kind of deal with that. Get a little bit of a paycheck. Hey, at least Sammy. Dick ha- move. Sammy Hagar is definitely looking out for him, though. He does. He does look out for him. Okay, we've got a couple minutes left in our final segment here on the SportsZilla Show. Dungy Eric. Of course, you hear him on the air. He's still involved with Syracuse football. Going to the XFL, possibly. I, have a, I think he's a very good chance of getting drafted. Their draft is the 15th and the 16th. He tweeted about that earlier today. I wish him well. I hope he has success. Maybe it springboards him because you know ultimately, guys, the XFL, if they get an opportunity in the NFL, I'm sure that's part of the contract. You can go to the NFL. He's part of the draft pool along with former SU standout Sean Hickey and Irvin Phillips. And 
really, you know, if you think about it, the XFL can make heroes out of some guys. Remember, you remember he hate me for crying out loud. Everybody talked about that guy forever. You never know which one of these characters, personalities could like rise above and become a linchpin for the league, like somebody that they hang their reputation and their excitement on. Is he hate me the most well-known player to come out of the XFL? I just think that he Probably, is. Probably, just because of the name. The jersey, everything else. I, I want the crazy names on the jerseys again. I think so, too. It's going to be a little bit different than the initial version of the It'd XFL. It'd be great if they all had like nicknames on their jerseys. Kind of like Players Weekend in Major League Baseball. Shashevsky yeah. uh, to back up uh, Jim Beheim. That was some news. I know ACC Media Day and basketball and all that has been discussed quite a bit, but it was nice to see Shashevsky come out. Obviously, great friends. They did the Olympics together. Maybe that was Tuesday. I don't know. I'm losing track. Yeah, the Heim and Shashevsky basically are in agreement with where it's going as far as and in regards to paying the players, maybe them having to get agents, maybe them being able to shoot commercials, um, and of course, as far as what you do with their image and likeness and them getting paid for that as well with the NCAA and these programs making all of this money, making more money than they've ever made before. It's ridiculous amounts of money. The players should definitely get their slice of it. And the question, just like Coach Jim Beheim phrased it and, and framed it the other day, was that how do we do that? How is the right way to do that? Tar Heels coach Roy Williams bringing up Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning at Tennessee. They sell 50000 of his jerseys for like 70 bucks a pop. He doesn't get a nickel of that money. That's yeah. insane. That's insane. It really is. They have redesigned. I, we've got just a couple seconds to get to our final break. But they've redesigned Jim Beheim Court for his 44th season. He's not going to take the questions about... 2-3 zone or man-to-man. He tells you yes with man-to-man, so you'll stop asking him. Uh, that's one thing I love about the guy. And he's not retiring anytime soon, thankfully. Scoop, I'm Rain. This is the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. See you tomorrow.